And all God's people said, you may be seated if you can. Okay, can I just stare at you just for a moment, though? Because I cannot tell you how glad I am to see all your faces this morning. And thank you for whoever organized purple. I can't imagine uh, whose favorite color that is. But thank you. I figure in this day and age that we're in, I'm tired of red and blue, so I want to bring a little purple. Amen. I want to bring a little purple. Um, we are so glad if you're visiting with us today. Um, thank you for being with us and thank you for visiting. And this is the best church ever. Amen. Come on, Crosswalk. Help me out. I love Crosswalk. We have um, probably the most diverse congregation in our uh, church, and I love it. I love so much that the life-changing love of Christ shows through every single person in this congregation. And I love you guys. I'm so glad to see you. I will tell you the past seven months we have been standing on this platform by ourselves. And usually we're singing to fruit or vegetables that are in baskets out in front of us. So, um, which is really cool to know that God's handiwork is at work, but it has been an interesting time of walking in every Sunday and no congregation. But what I can tell you is the Spirit of the Lord has been in that service every week. The Spirit of God has moved through this amazing band who have carried this load for seven months. Yeah, absolutely. Our tech crew over here, you can't, I don't know where Tony went. Tony's usually right over here. You see Tony, uh, Hayer, and Jackie, and there's a crew of us usually out here today. There's three of us. This tech crew has carried worship through for seven months. Yep. There's Tony. Tony, wave at him. So um, we're in the middle, literally. Today is the second week of a three-week series called Redeeming Ritual. And I grew up in a Methodist church, but I grew up in a Methodist church that wasn't scared to raise their hands. With a pop organ in the background. They would have a pop organ and then some guitar would rip off the next minute in this gorgeous, gorgeous sanctuary in Oak Cliff. And I remember on Sunday nights... It would pack out more than it did on Sunday mornings because people were excited to walk through the doors anytime they could. I remember Wednesday, we didn't even have homework because on Wednesday nights was Jesus night, you going to church. So we've been in this, this, this time of redeeming ritual, and for some of us that looks very different, what that means for you and what has touched you and what ritual that has been for your life. But we picked three for this particular series. And last week, we talked about communion. And this week, we're going to talk about baptism. <laughs> baptism, which can also be a curse word in some other denominations as well. Everybody has an idea of what they think baptism should be. Everybody. Some believe uh, when you should baptize. Some believe 
that you're not uh, completely saved to baptism. I mean, you could go the gamut of what people really think about baptism. And I'm just going to open by saying, guys, it's okay. It's okay for you to believe what you believe. It's okay for you to come from a place of where you've come from because some of us didn't grow up in the Methodist church. So some of this is brand new for you. But I'm going to talk through a little bit for all of us because I want you to understand that we are all here today and a lot of the reasons we are is through baptism. Amen? (laughs) I love getting into, Don, those theological conversations over it. So much fun as I'm fixing to hit this scripture. So we're going to read from 1 Corinthians 12, starting at verse 12. anybody has their Bible? Christ is just like the human body. A body is a unit and has many parts. And all the parts of the body are one body, even though there are many. We were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jew or Greek. Do I need to slow down? She's going good over here. I like, I get lost reading because I'm watching her. Whether Jew or Greek, or slave or free, and we all, did you catch that? A-L-L, we're all, we're given one spirit to drink. Certainly the body isn't one part, but it's many. So I want to start by telling you that baptism is for everyone, and that is capital everyone. There are no favorites in baptism. You are not the chosen one just to be baptized. Everyone is welcome to be baptized. Baptism is for every single person. And I'm going to say that over and over because I really want you to get that. It's for everyone. I have a lot of people tell me, honey, I don't think it's for me. I'm just not clean enough. I'm a sinner. Well, welcome to the sinner's club because that's all of us. What is baptism? I'm going to tell you what it is for me. Baptism represents believers' repentance and forgiveness of sins. It signifies a new birth and the beginning of a person's Christian discipleship. It's the beginning. It's just the beginning because we're just getting started. Baptism marks the moment we leave our old life behind And we decide that right now we want to begin anew. Baptism allows any person at any age to experience the justifying grace of God. It's not the act of baptism that saves us. We've already been saved through Christ's death and resurrection. But baptism is our acknowledgement and acceptance of a new life in Christ. In the Methodist church, we even believe that you can baptize babies. You know why we believe that? I love this. And this is part of what I love about baptism in the Methodist church. We believe that before you were ever born, the Holy Spirit was with you. I do. Infant baptism is a gift of God's grace. This combined with the teaching of God's word can help guide a child as he or she grows and accepts God's grace and love for themselves. And then we lead them to a place in in Methodist church called confirmation where by the time they reach confirmation, we know that they understand fully what that has meant for their life. We just had confirmation right out here two weeks ago, Stephen. 
It was beautiful. One of the best confirmation services I've been to. It was beautiful. Then we get to the point of why water? How come not juice like we did last week? Or, or, or why water at all? The water itself does nothing, right? There's no magic in the water. But it's the power of the Holy Spirit that moves in baptism. And the water does represent the cleansing power of God and his grace on our lives. It's a symbol of removing the yuck. That's my, my line. That's not scriptural. Say that with me. It gets rid of the yuck. How many of you remember? <laughs> I do. I was terrible, y'all, when I was a little girl. At um, I loved red soda. I did. Either red soda or red juice, but fruit punch was my favorite. But when you drank fruit punch, it left these red marks right here. And invariably, I was drinking fruit punch on my way to church. Invariably. It was always a thing. Grab my little jar and got in the car and drank it and then sure enough we get ready to walk in the door and mom says stop and if it wasn't mom it was dad and what did they do y'all know what's about to happen they would lick that thumb and they would get rid of the yuck and then you would smell that all the rest of the day amen It's the same, though. Mom and Dad getting rid of the red yuck on my face so that I was presentable to walk into church. God gets rid of the yuck. In the Methodist church, we will dunk you, we will sprinkle you, or we will pour on you. How you are baptized doesn't matter. It is simply the fact that you are. So here is where I want to get to, and this is the part I really want to get to, is so what was Jesus trying to tell us through baptism? Now we know the basics. We know, you guys know everything I've just told you, but have you ever thought about why? We live with it, we say it, we know it, but why? What was God trying to show us? So we're going to get to the nitty-gritty of it just a little bit. In the book of Matthew, we read the story of Jesus going to the river and being baptized by his cousin John, John the Baptist. Even the Son of God sought baptism. For me, I think Jesus was seeking baptism because he was setting out on a new journey. A new journey where he would preach things that were radical, that were different than anything he had ever heard or seen before that anyone had. And when he began to preach, he was fixing to preach on repentance and forgiveness, right? Forgiveness. It was a new journey. And some scholars believe that even in this message that Jesus was going to share was so radical that he wanted to show how you shake off the old in order to move into the new. Shake off the old. That old red stuff on your mouth. Every time I say that, I think of my mom doing that. How many of us struggle with shaking off the old? How many of us like our habits? 
How many of us know it's just simpler to stay there? But then something happens. We struggle with how can I accept what's before me? Or how do I get past my past? We struggle with what that old stuff in our life looks like. What does it mean when God says he's going to make me new? What does it mean when I come up out of that water? What does that mean for my life? Does it mean it's going to be easy? No. Does it mean that life's going to 100% make sense? No. But what it does mean is that I get to get up today and I get to take a step forward different than I was yesterday. And it means that when I make that step that is different, I have gotten rid of the old in order for God to move in the new. It means that when I've come up out of the water, it's given me the opportunity to forgive in a way that I have never forgiven before. And not just forgiving myself, but forgiving others. See, we can forgive ourselves sometimes a little easier than we can forgive somebody who did something to us because we like to hold those grudges. We like them because it gives us something to talk about. It gives us something to sit around and have a drink and talk about. It gives us something to sit and, and email or text about. But when you come up out of the water and you are new, there's nothing to talk about. In this text today, we are reminded not only were you baptized, but we all were as one. Even though we may all be different, Maybe we have different ideas or political thoughts or opinions. Did you know that we can love each other and not vote for the same person? Did you know that? We have all been washed in that same fountain. We are one. We are all one. And some of you go, ooh, I got some crazy looking brothers and sisters. The one up there talking, she got purple hair. You, um, you or me, you, one of us. Mm -hmm. But we're all one. Some of you look back and you go, you don't know my past. And you're right, I don't, but God does. And he still says, you know what? You're still a part of the gang. You're still a part of the family. But being a part of the family means we got something we got to do with it. And that means what is our response to our baptism. What do we do with that? First, we remember the cleansing power of our baptism and why for our lives baptism is an important ritual. It's also an important reminder of forgiveness of those who have wronged us, treated us badly, and you know what? Those we've treated badly. Those that we need forgiveness from. If you want to please God, forgive. Really. I know you've been done wrong. I get it. I've been done wrong. Can we say it? I know that's not grammarly correct, but it's just what we say. You done me wrong. I done you wrong. But Jesus says, I done you right. And he set an example before us to remember when you come up out of that water, 
Your past is gone, so you got to let others' past be gone too. Then as we take on our daily lives, life happens, right? Let's not forget that the cleansing power of baptism, once again, like I said, is for everyone. But that's even the everyone you work with. That's even the everyone you go to school with. That's even the everyone that you know doesn't like you. That's everyone. And God's cleansing power is the kind of cleansing that stays. When Jesus goes to wipe your face, first of all, it won't smell. But when it comes off, it stays off. It stays off. That's why we believe in the Methodist Church. Once you're baptized, you don't have to be baptized again. Because we believe that God got it right the first time. He got it right the first time. I only heard Don. He got it right the first time. So I want to tell you a story, huh? Amen's from over here. here. You guys rock. Y'all are so good. I want to tell you a story of what Crosswalk has done when I think of baptism. And I was thinking of this story this week because during the seven months, of you guys really not getting to be here. Things have still happened. Ministry has still gone on. Food. People have joined. But we also had a baptism. And it was beautiful. We did it what I call COVID style. We did it in the beautiful garden, right, literally, if you went right that direction, you would come into an area that we call the garden. And out there is this beautiful area for baptisms. And Pastor Stan and I got in that cold water and we had two baptisms that day. One, baby Kay, she was baptized. Baby Kay, wave at everybody. Can you wave at everybody? Yeah. And then her mama was baptized. We have a picture, I think. Look at that. Now, when I look at this picture, leave it at just a minute. When I look at that picture, Jackie, that's what Crosswalk did. The power of God moved through Crosswalk. Stephanie came in the doors in January of this year. She only knew a couple of you. She only knew a couple of you. She came through the doors knowing that she needed something different in her life. And Crosswalk embraced her and baby Kay. And in August, they came up out of the water different. That's what the power of God can do. Baptism is important. But it's important for us to remember that we never forget the reason. We never forget the why and we never forget the purpose and we never forget what Jesus was trying to tell us. That in this life, things are not going to be easy and in this life, there's going to come moments that forgiveness is hard. 
There are going to be moments that you're going to want to take on the old things that you let go of. And Jesus says, no. For when you came up out of the water, you were new. You were forgiven. You are loved. And I even know that when we preach a sermon like this that is something that many of us have learned in seminary, like we could sit in our, our, our sleep and quote this because, yes, we had to pass a test in order to know this. And so some of you sit there and you go, yeah, I think that's for them. It's not really for me. Stephanie kind of thought the same thing when she came in. Some of you sitting here today that have been baptized have done the same thing. You didn't think it was for you either, Bob Baker, did you? Till how old were you? <laughs> and you realized, yeah, what I didn't believe was for me is for me too. Some of us were lucky enough to grow up in church where you would sneak in because you were one of the kids with adults up there and put your hands all in the baptismal font, right? But it's for every one of us. So today I want you, as Leah comes along and sings this song, I want you to think about that day. Think about what that meant for you. And if you've never been baptized before, we will talk. What does it mean for you?